Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink, under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. 1-800-Flowers is giving guys everywhere an awesome incentive to order their Valentine's bouquets early. Right now, 1-800-Flowers is offering up to 40% off their best-selling bouquets and gifts, but only while supplies last. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. person that told you every item in the Trump agenda is going to receive this kind of treatment. And, you know, here you have this guy that writes for Breitbart. He's actually a really nice guy. Milo Yiannopoulos is his name. Writes for Breitbart. Good guy. We know him. We've been following him. Works hard. And so he's invited to where I thought was the the bastion of the free speech movement. Berkeley, California, where the oh-so-inclusive uh, liberal left snowflakes getting up in arms because somebody that disagrees with them may be speaking at the university that they think that they own. 
I've been out in University of California system. I've experienced this myself. It ran me out of town in like 40 hours. Not that I was any good, but it did. neither were anyone else. I mean, they had all these shows calling Reagan and Bush drug runners, drug pushers. Planned Parenthood had a show. Gay and lesbian perspectives was on the on the the station at the University of California, Santa Barbara. So I inter- interview a controversial guest. Remember, we didn't know anything about AIDS at the time. And he starts describing some of the practices, more extreme practices in the in the gay and lesbian community at the time. And I'm like, I never heard this stuff before in my life. I'm like, oh, anyway, long story short, they didn't want to hear it. And so they threw me out of threw me out of the station. I mean, this is this is not new to me. What happened last night? And if it wasn't so sad and so downright disrespectful, everything that happened last night and disgraceful, you know, it's laugh out loud funny to watch the snowflakes melt down every day. It's like they can't even touch the ground without melting. And every agenda item of Donald Trump is going to be met with the same fierce, insane reaction. And it's going to be nonstop protesting and chanting for four years. Why? Because this is the modern Democratic Party. Well, why do you think with the Women's March and Madonna fantasizing about blowing up the White House and Ashley Judd admitting she's nasty like the blood on her sheets and Meryl Streep and Ashton Kutcher? Hey, by the way, how much older was his wife? Didn't he have like a mommy complex, like wanted to marry his mother? Wasn't she like 30 years older than him? Something like that, right? I thought she was like 40 or 50. Years older? Yeah. Wow. So, not sure. I think that was a little weird. I don't it know. Is, it is weird. Anyway, Kutcher, real tough guy. My America! My America! Okay. You're welcome to my America. You're welcome. Okay, we'll move him to Ashton Kutcher's house. I have All the Syrian unvetted refugees will move to Ashton's house. I'm sure he's got a gated community somewhere he's living in. I'm sure he's got armed guards with him half the time. I'm sure he flies around in private jets everywhere. What a phony prima donna liar these people are. They're all phonies. Anyway, so the protest at UC Berkeley. Now, some of you are asking, well, why wasn't I on the air? I had to tape the show last night. I flew to D.C. after the show, and I had an interview this morning with uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, that will air tonight. And then tonight we're flying to Houston for the Super Bowl. We'll be doing the show tomorrow from Houston and the TV show tomorrow from Houston as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, so... You got the protest at Berkeley, the home of free speech, uh, over the scheduled appearance of uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Does he still work for Bright? He still works for Breitbart, right? He's Breitbart's news editor off campus, I think is what his official title is. And then it gets violent, shocking, prompting police to cancel the event. And then they had to hustle uh, Milo off the campus and get him out of it. And they're burning crap down. I can tell you from my years in Santa Barbara, they still live through the fantasy of the burning of the bank in Isla Vista as if it was the greatest moment in rebel history. They're so locked into the past. But anyway, even the events cancellation, you still had the protesters spilling off campus into the streets. Violence continued as they confronted drivers engaging in fights, smashing storefront windows, setting fires. Protesters decrying President Trump's policies as they did the visit of Yiannopoulos, by the way, a gay conservative who has been making the rounds of college campuses across the country and specializing in remarks meant to insult, offend, and disgust those who disagree with his ideas. So what? That's what a college campus is supposed to do. 
I didn't see anybody get all worked up when Black Lives Matter this past weekend in Seattle. They had a speaker calling for killing the White House. We need to start killing people. I'm tired of y'all also complaining about you don't have time. Well, we don't have time either. You know what I mean? We have Some of us are working 40 hours, you know, 40 hours and juggling different classes for wow. white, under white supremacy. We're all God, I'd love to work a 40-hour week. Just so you know. Oh. And we need to start killing people. What is a 40-hour <laughs> week we like? The White House must die. The White House must die. The White House, your president, Burn it. they must go. The White House. The White House, you're voting. I'm with her, Donald Trump. I don't give a f- Cause you know what? Obama deported so many people, but y'all still are fixated on voting for a president. Capitalism. Capitalism is what. All right, I can't take it anymore. That was from that Black Lives Matter. The same group, by the way, that Obama multiple times invited to the White House. The same group that Hillary Clinton sought the support of and endorsement of. I mean, it's pretty amazing. How do you realize how hysterical it is at Berkeley of all places, you know, that it's now become the epicenter of the left wing fascist movement to ban free speech, conservative speech. Now, if you're too young to remember, believe it or not, the so-called free speech movement got its start at UC Berkeley. Berkeley was so tolerant that so many wacko points of views that conservatives used to use at Berkeley. And, you know, communists, dictators, you know, it's just like, you know, a Mahmoudinejad wants to come to America. Go, sure, go to an Ivy League college, speak there. Anyway, the free speech movement, I got this from Wikipedia, was the a student protest which took place during the 1964-65 academic year on the University of California, Berkeley, under the informal leadership of students Barrio Savio and other left-wing activists. In protests unprecedented in scope, students insisted that the university administration lift the ban on of on-campus political activities and acknowledge the students' right to freedom of speech and academic freedom. Well, here we are. Now Berkeley has made a full 180 on free speech. Someone needs to hang a plaque on the campus gate. Here lies the free speech movement, born 1964, died 2017. By the way, thanks to the uh, antics of all these politically correct, you know, cops last night and the people writing, the the cops were told not to do anything again. How often is this going to happen? Just like Ferguson, we have all the video, all the people looting, robbing, beating, stealing, burning. No, we didn't use the video to arrest them. Same in Baltimore. We didn't use the video to arrest these people. Anyway, so President Trump is now threatening to cut funding for UC Berkeley. Hallelujah. Maybe that we should. Why are we funding this? There's not going to be freedom of speech, freedom of ideas, the free and open exchange of ideas. What's the point? We may not be able to end the taxpayer-subsidized left-wing reign of, of terror that's on college campuses overnight, but it certainly needs to be defunded. And if parents want to pony up the money to send their kids to UC Berkeley... By the way, that's in a sanctuary city. It's a sanctuary campus, we're told. And they can pay the money. And by the way, I hope and pray to God that 
We withhold funding for any state, any city, any university that is, considers itself ex- sanctuary. You got Janet Napolitano is the head of this thing. You know, remember, she was your former Department of Homeland Security secretary that did nothing. Anyway, Trump tweeted earlier this morning to cut funds from the University of California, Berkeley. He said, if UC Berkeley doesn't allow free speech, in other words, they discriminate. Let me put other words to this. If they discriminate against conservatives, okay, and practice violence on innocent people with a different point of view, no federal funds, question mark? Congresswoman Barbara Lee released a statement calling the president's apparent threat and abuse of power. No, it's not. If there's discrimination going on at that university, Barbara Lee, against gays or African-Americans or racism or violence uh, against uh, Muslims or this or that, any, any discrimination, I bet you'd be the first one to complain. Well, now this is discrimination against conservatives, and you don't care, you celebrate it. You know, it's upholding the Constitution. The president swore to do this, what, 13 days ago. There's a little thing called the First Amendment. The university said in a statement the violence was instigated by a group of 150 masked agitators who came onto campus and interrupted an otherwise nonviolent protest. Really? Well, how do you know who they are if they were all in masks? A group of agitators throwing rocks, using commercial-grade fireworks, Molotov cocktails, burning things down. More than 1,500 people had showed up to protest this guy's appearance. Now, I got to tell you right now, You could have Barack Obama speaking across the street from me, and I wouldn't waste my time protesting. And I I, I hope we never hear hear, it. I wish he would show the class of George Bush. I don't want to hear another word. And he's encouraging the protests. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. We do have some good news as we kick off today, and Samsung has decided to move jobs to America. Anyway, major companies now from all over the world are moving their production facilities to America just to make sure they stay on President Trump's good side. So smart what he's doing. Such a good negotiator. Samsung Electronics may build manufacture is building a manufacturing base in the U.S. for their home appliances. And a person familiar with the matter telling Reuters amid growing concerns about potential protectionism. Samsung is... In an emailed statement said the company continues to evaluate new investment needs in the United States. Bringing jobs back to America and getting America back to work. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, I got a lot to say on fake news. We'll get to that. Um, I see my former colleague, Megan Kelly. She just can't cut a, cut a break. Anyway, she got hired by NBC News, and The Hill is reporting that the National Association of Black Journalists is slamming NBC. Now, apparently, they offered Tamara Hall a multi-year, multi-million-dollar contract. Anyway, she didn't want to take it. Because apparently they're making way for Megyn Kelly to take the hour that she and I guess Al Roker had together at 9 a.m. Anyway, so the group is now accusing NBC of whitewashing to make way for Megyn Kelly's arrival. 
I guess I don't watch the show. I know Al Roker is an African American. Is, is Tamarin Hall? I don't know who she is. Do you know who she is? She's an African American woman. Tamarin okay. Hall is an African American woman. Wasn't she on MSNBC for a while? She's on both. She's on both. All right. I I watch so often, as you can tell. I just don't know. Anyway, so and uh, NBC hires Kelly. They got to put find a place for her. They're paying her a fortune, according to reports. And uh, NBC has been a leader for diversity in broadcasting, but recent reports that Hall and Roker will be replaced by former Fox News anchor Megyn Kelly are being seen by industry professionals as whitewashing. What is whitewashing? What does that mean? I mean, most decisions I can tell you in radio and television, and by the way, they were usually made on two re- for two reasons, ratings and money. And maybe they're get- guessing that another host will get better ratings and make more money. Because that's basically what drives the, in- the-, the industry. Anyway, the organization now is demanding to meet with NBC executives. We look forward to a dialogue and resolving uh, and resolve regarding black journalists and their continuing roles at NBC. A friend of mine just texted me and said, Tamron Hall's really good at what she does. Is that true? Is she really good on the air? I don't watch those t- channels. I know not. I never watch these channels either. I don't watch it. I mean, I can't. I haven't watched the Today Show in forever. Who cares? I don't watch network news. I watch Fox and Friends in the morning. You know? What are you going to do, watch Morning Joe? (laughs) Or uh, what else is on? New Day? I watch cartoons with my son. You're watching cartoons. I learn a lot more than I do on MSNBC, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, apparently Tamron Hall broke uh, ground. She was apparently the first black female at the Today Show. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like Deborah Norville, and it sounds like Ann Curry all over again. We'll see how this one works out. Anyway, Connecticut Town, by the way, is sponsoring a white privilege essay contest. This is what they're teaching kids in college campus. What is, what is a white privilege essay contest? What is that? Anyways, that's your problem, Hannity. You need to write for the write an essay. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Well, are we going to have, are we going to have quotas in every sport, every everything? one 800 flowerscom is giving guys everywhere an awesome incentive to order their Valentine's Day bouquets early. 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on elegant, stunning bouquets that are sure to wow the women in your life. 1-800-Flowers has a wide selection of beautiful rose bouquets and arrangements, and the best part is they start at just $29.99. These breathtaking roses from 1-800-Flowers, they're picked at their peak, and they're shipped overnight to ensure freshness and, of course, your loved one's amazement. Simply pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. one 800 Flowers. They have exclusive offers just for Hannity listeners. Today's offer is up to 40% off best-selling bouquets and gifts that are perfect for Valentine's Day, but only while supplies last. When it comes to Valentine's Day, don't settle for anything but the best. 1-800-Flowers.com to get amazing Valentine's Day deals like up to 40% off all their best-selling bouquets and gifts while supplies last. Just go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. So why wait to wow her? Order now at 1-800-Flowers.com. So down in Florida, 25 till the top of the hour, city commissioners are asking a Florida mayor to resign after referring to police officer as a pig. What is going on in the society? The resignation of Mayor Ula Clark for making a derogatory comment last month about a Stuart 
Florida police officer referring to the guy as a pig. It's it, This is like a 1960, you know, rewind here that we're going through. According to the complaint, anyway, that which uh, the Palm uh, Beach County Police Benevolent Association, which represents Stewart police officers, the mayor entered a local convenience store, saw the officer, Edward Fitzgerald, speaking with an employee and said, well, I didn't know we were serving pig tonight. What would what would some why would somebody ever say that? It's like these stores that don't want police officers. That you know what I try to do every time I meet a police officer when I'm at an eating establishment, I pay for their food because they don't make any money. I have done that a hundred times in my life, and it's ridiculous that they they not only do they not they put their life on the line for us. And they, they're going where nobody really wants to go. Let's be honest about it. Where are they going? Into drug-infested, gang-infested neighborhoods. They're going where crime and violence is. On 9-11, everyone else is racing down the stairs. They're racing up the stairs. And this is the treatment we give these people? Good grief. So pathetic. Let me go to the issue here of fake news. We have so many fake news examples. Remember the MLK bust was supposedly removed from the Trump White House. Well, it just so happened I was there that day, and I looked in, and there was the MLK bust. It had never been removed. Fake news. And how viral that went. You know how they have been reporting this whole myth about this is a Muslim ban. This has never been a Muslim ban. Let me give you an example. So you have seven countries that were identified by the Obama administration as being safe harbors for terrorists, where terrorist training goes on. Those are the seven nations. Frankly, I think a lot of other ones could be added to it. Let's look at, for example, Indonesia. They have 258.3 million Muslims in Indonesia. Nobody's banned. Let's look at Bangladesh. 156.1 million Muslims. Nobody's been banned. Let's look at Egypt, 94.6 million Muslims. Nobody's been banned. Pakistan, 201.9 million Muslims. Nobody's been banned. Nobody from Afghanistan, Albania, Algeria, Azerbaijan, Bahrain, Brunei, Chad, so many Guinea, uh, Jordan, uh, Kazakhstan, Kosovo, Kuwait, Lebanon, Malaysia, Mali, you know, all these countries, Morocco, Niger, Nigeria, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Sierra Sierra Leone, uh, uh, where else, Tunisia, Turkey, the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, and I can go on. There's Muslims there, majority Muslim nations, some 40-whatever Muslim-majority nations, no one's banned. So the media goes out and tells you repeatedly, you know, Chuck Todd on, on NBC, why don't they fire him and put Tamara Hall in there? She, Tamara Hall. Sorry, I don't watch the show. I'm Tamara Hall. My friend says she's great. She just wrote me. And apparently was best friends with Prince, another person wrote me. I didn't know that either. All right, so why don't we give her Chuck Todd's job? Because he's an idiot. And he said that there's a religious litmus test. And then he went on to, and then beating the crap out of Reince Priebus over this idiotic Holocaust fake news. So you have the Martin Luther King ban, uh, bust ban, not happened, fake news. 
It's never been a Muslim ban. That's how they refer to it on all these news channels, fake news channels. You know, the alt-radical left media. And, and these are the people. You know what? You know why they hate? Why do they hate me? Why do they hate Mark? Why do they hate Rush? Why do they hate Fox News? Why do they hate all of us? Because we have far bigger audiences than they've ever dreamed of having. You know, at Fox, we beat network broadcast shows now on a nightly basis. It's ridiculous. But they hate us. Why? Because I'm the only person that's a registered conservative that has a, a, a nighttime, primetime television news show. And we say up front that I'm a conservative. The whole Anybody that knows me knows I'm a conservative. I'm not hiding the fact. I'm celebrating the fact, actually. I'm a party about it. So the Muslim ban, whole, that whole thing was a lie, too. There was a story this morning, the Daily Mail... I think the Daily News, the New York Post, I'm not sure about the Daily News, anyway, were advancing a ridiculous claim that Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch, when he was a high school student, this was like Mitt Romney might have cut a kid's hair as a prank in high school, that he had founded a student club named Fascism Forever. The evidence for the claim is a blurb on him in his high school yearbook. And uh, hello, Earth to newspaper reporters, high school yearbook editors sometimes have sophomoric senses of humor. Anyway, no such club ever existed. It never existed. Fake news. Give you another example. You know, you probably heard by now the alt-left media outlets have been saying President Trump threatened to invade Mexico. Well, that never happened either. The Mexican government yesterday denied the reports that President Trump threatened their president when they spoke on the phone that he would send U.S. troops to stop the bad hombres down there. (laughs) I I read that and I said, that's not true. Maybe he did say it. I don't know. Unless the Mexican military. What, are we going to invade Mexico? Is that what the report is? He threatened the president of Mexico. We're going to invade Mexico. (laughs) Jeez. And it got reported. Wow. The Associated Press, citing a transcript of the conversation, reported earlier that Trump made a threat in the phone call. You have a bunch of bad hombres down there, he said. Trump told uh, President Nieto, according to an excerpt seen by the AP, you aren't doing enough to stop them. I think your military's scared. Our military isn't. So I might just send them down and take care of it. Well, anyway, a person with access to the official transcript of the phone call provided... An excerpt to the AP, the person gave it on the condition of anonymity because the administration didn't make any details public. And Mexico's now denying it. Fake news. You know, it's like Trump yesterday going after CNN. And he said again, CNN is fake news. CNN now is on a mission. They've been exposed and embarrassed at such a high level. You know, starting with the collusion with Hillary and giving her the questions before these. Like, for example, I think Ted Cruz debated uh, Bernie Sanders, or he's going to debate Bernie Sanders. I guarantee you they're going to give, what, Bernie Sanders the answers this time. Bernie, we owe you from the last time we screwed you over royally. They'll give him the questions ahead of time. I guess the topic is known. It's health care, so it's going to be what it's going to be. But, you know, if I made this many mistakes on a regular basis, I would be excoriated. 
it would never end. It's a fascinating time with the Democratic Party. There is a lot of disarray that has been going on. You have Senate Minority Leader Chucky Schumer, crybaby Schumer, dissing the federal appeals judge, Neil Corsich. 20 prominent Democrats, including the former president and his top lawyer and former president's uh, chief of staff, have endorsed Corsich. That's interesting. Um, the list, by the way, provided shows that, including the son of former top Carter aide Hamilton Jordan, who said, having worked closely with Judge Gorsuch as one of his law clerks, I can attest he is compassionate, courageous, a public servant who cares deeply about the rule of law and the critical role of an independent judiciary. He approaches each case as I believe a judge should with an open mind and a real ambition to get it right. The Senate would do well to confirm him. Now you have all these other people that are scared to death because... Well, a lot of Democrats are coming up for election in 2018, and then the BAP certainly favors Republicans to pick up a lot of seats to add to their majority. So we'll see what happens there as well. Anyway, let's get to our busy telephones as we uh, move forward here. And let's say hi to Tommy's in Staten Island, New York, listening to the all-new AM710, the voice of New York, New Jersey, and Long Island. What's going on, Tommy? Hey, how are you? I just wanted to... I'm a 9-11 volunteer first responder, and this Dragota bill and Chuck Schumer, that they're all helping us, is an outright fake news on their part. Everything Chuck Schumer does is failing. All their delay tactics for all the cabinet picks, that failed. He's going to fail. Neil Gorsuch is going to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. You want to know how bad he's feeling? He's failing. They don't cover us for secondary medical conditions. Oh, really? It's a 9-11. I thought well, that was supposed to be fixed. It was not fixed. Right now, I'm 47 years old. I had to retire. I'm on a cardiac monitor. Ugh. I've had four brain aneurysms. Ugh. I have $135,000 in debt. And you know what NIOSH and the CDC tell us? Pretty much too bad. So you're a 9-11 responder. A volunteer ambulance. First responder on 9-11. And you go, and you went to the site. And by the way, I know it's true. My cousin was there. In the early days, nobody even had any mask on whatsoever. Then they started putting on those pathetic white masks. They don't do anything anyway. They didn't have the proper respirators, and a lot of the guys down there got sick. I was down there before the towers came down. I was trapped for over an hour and a half. Wow. I'm so sorry. I really am. But it's just that we think Trump needs to know that. We're not being covered. We're being left on our battlefield. Like the well, that needs to get. Cover. I don't know how to get to. You've got to be able to get. If Chuck Schumer's not going to do it, what about Gillibrand? Will she help you? They've tried everybody. This has gone back and forth battling for years now to cover these secondary conditions. And mine just keep escalating to where I have two little daughters that I probably won't see turn 18. That's sad. I have four. Well, I'll tell you rooms. what. We'll put you on hold and Linda. Linda's kind of relentless, and she's I know she is. and she could be really mean, you know. So let's put Linda on this one because she's sitting in there screaming and jumping up and down. But anyway, thank you for your service. I hope no, and pray that you, that, we, to, that you, you get the care you need. Trump, maybe he could change this this view because he changes everything. Well, I know he that he cares. Us. I know he cares about it, and he backs us all the time. He does. I agree. All right, stay on hold. We'll take care of that, and see if we can't help you. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right, Nathan in Lynchburg. What's up, Nathan? How are you? 
Hey, Sean, listening to you through WLNI 105.9. Yes, sir. In in Lynchburg, the home of Liberty University, sir. Yes, sir. I graduated from there. Hey, I want to let you know that I'm really, I'm really mad right now. I'm really upset. And, you know, I love football. Football is my uh, sport. But the, the National Federation of Liberals are really irritating me. I'm trying to ignore what's going on with them. And I was going to watch the Super Bowl, but I've decided because of what they just announced that this Hamilton – the one that uh, just totally uh, embarrassed our vice, tried to embarrass our vice president in public the way they did. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching the... the, the, the what is that part? Is he singing the national anthem or part of the halftime show or what? I mean, yeah, no, it's, they're actually doing the music for the halftime show. And Lady like, Gaga, I have no interest in Lady Gaga. None. Not, you know and what? everybody's they sitting have, on pins and needles. Oh, is she going to say anything or not? You know, maybe we'll talk about this with Joe Theismann. Look... The NFL was hurt this year because of people like uh, Colin Kaepernick. And I got to tell you, if they keep doing what they're doing, and look, I'll give you an example. Look, I know everybody, a lot of people, if you're not a New England Patriots fan, you probably hate Tom Brady. Probably, A, because he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever wear the uniform. It's just a fact. Number two, he's got a great-looking wife. And people hate the quarterback that gets the great-looking wife. People are jealous. All right, I'm not jealous. I actually like and admire his talent, except when he's playing my Jets or Giants. And he'd have six Super Bowl rings if it wasn't for the New York Giants. But I love watching talented people, people at the top of their craft, do their job. I'm not missing the game because of Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not missing the game because Lady Gaga is performing at halftime and this guy from Hamilton is performing. I'm going to watch the game, and I'm going to enjoy the game. And during halftime, instead of watching that nonsense, I think I'll just go down and make myself, you know, a hot dog or whatever else. I feel. I'm on a diet now, so I can't have that. I get to eat uh, four ounces of meat twice a day because I'm on this stupid diet. You all laugh at me all you want. I'm working out. I'm trying to get in the best shape of my life. That's what I'm doing. And you could be fat and just not admit it. I, I'm admitting that I'm fat, Ethan. See, you're fat, too. You're not fat. I am so fat. How much do you weigh? 190. Okay, how much do you, Jason, you're in good shape. How much do you weigh? <laughs> I'm not in good shape anymore. I used to be a svelte 175. I'm up to 190. Yeah, okay, so you and I are around the same. I'm about 195. I should be 185. Yeah, I have a gut, though, now. Yeah, that's what I have. I, have, I look four months pregnant, maybe five. Then how do you have people like Lauren punch you in the stomach? Because it's a rock underneath there because I do 100 sit-ups a day. It's oh, a, now you're a rock. As under, opposed no, to before where you no, were all underneath, mushy. You can hit me as hard as you can, and I can take as mu- I can take any punch you give in my stomach. And I, you've seen me do this. I don't know why. I have my sensei do it, and he punches much harder than any of you guys put together. Sean Hannity. All right, so much coming up. Uh, we have Vice President Mike Pence on Hannity tonight. Also, the latest with the snowflakes, the rioters, the looters, and those that were burning the uh, campus at UC Berkeley and surrounding areas last night. Uh, Joe Theismann will talk football with us later in the program. Kellyanne Conway, when we come back. And your phone calls, 800 941 Sean. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, quick break right back. We will continue. Straight ahead, it's the Sean Hannity Show.
All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. More of the snowflake superstorm meltdown. Uh, our friend Kellyanne Conway actually was on Fox and Friends. I loved her comment. She said the Democrats are being a bunch of crybabies who say they're going to oppose the Supreme Court nominees before they even know the person's name, their academic credentials, and impeccable judicial record. And they uh, every, everything seems to make them cry and scream. Kellyanne is with us. She's a counsel to the president. And uh, how are you? And uh, boy, these have been a whirlwind two weeks for you. Absolutely incredible, Sean. You know what I say about the Trump White House? Everything is in dog years. You have to multiply it by seven. <laughs> I didn't know you said that. Is that true? <laughs> well, I just did. You know, I'm, yes. I watch you on some of these shows and you and I have been friends going back over 20 years. And I'm, number one, I'm really proud of you because you are the first woman to be a campaign manager to win a presidential election. I think it's a huge milestone and and you're the person that deserves so much credit for working so hard for the president. I said that in a recent interview that came out. And, you know, I'm watching you going on these interviews, and I watch Reince, and I watch Sean Spicer. Am I wrong in saying they are beyond disrespectful to you and them on a regular basis? And then the question is, why do you keep doing shows where they obviously hate you? I only care, Sean, if people are being disrespectful to the president in the United States. That is unacceptable. I was raised to respect the office of the president and its current occupant, no matter who it's been. And I just think you can't really show a difference in the coverage of Donald Trump among some of these outlets and some of these reporters and tweeters between when he was running for president, when he became the nominee for the Republicans, when he was the president-elect, and now when he's president. 
the coverage never changed. It never progressed. It never matured. It never took it, on the aura of respect that it deserves. And if you are not showing the president and his main spokespeople respect, then you're not showing the office respect, and you are inciting mob mentality, if not mob violence. You're encouraging people to go out there and unpeacefully protest and block airport entrances for people who are going to visit a sick parent and can't make their flights or going for a bereavement call and can't make their flights. There's nothing peaceful and nothing democratic about folks who are out there really just trying to relitigate the election and protesting things they know nothing about. I mean, if you survey these protesters, I guarantee you, you'd have a very low level of literacy when it comes to why are you here? What exactly does that executive order do and what does it not do? Well, I watch you guys in these interviews. And uh, for example, I was watching Reince with Chuck Todd, of all people, last weekend. And and the White House, I can't hear you. What? I didn't say anything. I'm sorry. We just had a, a glitch in my ear. All right, so I'm watching Reince Priebus on with Chuck Todd over the weekend, and he's being grilled over the Holocaust for like six minutes as if somehow the, the, the White House slighted Jewish Americans. It was just the opposite that you guys had remembered it or the MLK bust removed from the White House would never happen. There was a fake news story today about, you know, that that Neil Gorish was part of a group in high school called Fascism Forever Club. That's right. Well, that's what happens. I call it presumptive negativity. You know, they're congenitally against the president. They're lying in wait for any little thing. They come to the table with snark. And in the case of Chuck Todd, between the last two times I appeared on Meet the Press, um, three weeks ago or four weeks ago this Sunday, it was a 10-minute interview. 10 minute and one second on the news, and they used 48 seconds of it. And they used a, They said, well, we were just looking for a soundbite. And we made very clear that we are not in the business of furnishing interviews so they can cherry pick a soundbite. He had Ash Carter, the outgoing defense secretary, on for like 12 minutes. I was falling asleep every time the guy was talking. He was the outgoing. What is he telling you? What kind of masking tape or double-sided tape to use as, as you pack your boxes? And the incoming counselor to the president took, you know, just took that little snippet. And then two weeks later did what? I was on with him for an eight and a half minutes interview and NBC News and Meet the Press tweeted out one excerpt from that whole interview, a phrase I used that the president says is a genius, by the way, um, a phrase I used instead of all the excerpts, the clips, maybe you should put on your website of me saying to Chuck Todd, listen, you're not being a reporter right now. You're expressing your opinion. Respectfully, it's not your job to give America your opinion. It's your job to give America the news. You're there to report the news, not to make it. They don't cover any of that. They don't really send any of those clips because it would be, it shows the forcefulness with which we're I- going to push back when this man is not being Look, Sean, it's very easy for your listeners and your viewers, millions as they are, to detect media bias. Bias is easy to detect. I'll tell you it's not easy to detect. Incomplete coverage. It's what is the rest of the story you're not telling America? What are you skipping over as you curate and reduce the news to a couple of clever sound bites? What do you... You know, this country suffers from information underload already. And some of these news outlets and anchors are just making it worse by cherry-picking and curating the comments and being incomplete in their coverage of everything this man has done in two short weeks. But, you know, you're right about the audience being very sophisticated. They're hip to what's going on. And you see it in the ratings. CNN has literally, they've become a fake news network, and it shows people don't have confidence in them. Polls show it, and their ratings show it every night. I get ratings every day. Very few people watch MSNBC. I mean, I guess if you love Bernie Sanders and socialism and you loved Obama, then I, you'll love MSNBC because that's your channel. Um, well, the, the other 
other thing I just want to say quickly about that, if you're a Democrat or even an independent who voted for Donald Trump and Mike Pence, and there were many, there were many, if you're that labor union guy in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania and you voted for the guys I grew up with, you voted for Donald Trump, where exactly are you going to go? But Fox or but your radio, where are you going to go but for talk radio to Fox News to get information? Because you just gave this guy your voice, your vote. You just, you just lost friends and family members over this. And you genuinely are cheering him and your country on and want to hear how he's doing and what he's doing. Where are you going to go but for the places that are providing you that information? Well, I think that's – I've called it an informational crisis in the country. I've, I've said journalism for all intents and purposes is dead. I said that, Kellyanne, for the first time in 2008. Now it's dead and buried. I'll give you three recent examples. So I mentioned the fake news on – on Neil Gorsuch, the Supreme Court pick, which I thought was a fabulous choice by the president. And by the way, another promise kept by the president. The MLK bust is another example. And and for example, the way that they have characterized Chuck Todd is another example. He said the president has now instituted a religious test. And how many times did CNN and these other networks refer to seven countries as a Muslim ban? It's yeah. not it's not a Muslim ban when you have, you know, two hundred and fifty eight point three million Muslims in Indonesia. They're not banned or one hundred and fifty six point one million Muslims in in Bangladesh. They're not banned or Pakistan. Two hundred and one point nine million Muslims there. And then you have 40 other plus Muslim majority nations. There's no ban. That's right. Well, that's the thing. Plus, don't forget forget, of course, that we that we got that list from President Obama. President Obama and this last Congress are the ones who came up with those seven countries. And the seven countries are chosen. It has nothing to do with ethnicity. has nothing to do with religion. has everything and only thing to do with they have a recent history of training, harboring, and exporting terrorists. And what happens, Sean, why this extreme vetting is so important and so urgent? What happens is these foreign nationals come here to the United States. Then they return to one of those countries. They get radicalized, trained. They become expert terrorists. And then they come back here or they go to Europe, Nice, Brussels, Paris, London, Turkey, Germany, and they do their bloodletting. You know, of course, they do. And you know, at least this guy calls it radical Islamic terrorism. And if people want to reduce it to, I just heard Islam. No, you need to hear all three put together. We'll hyphenate it for you or smush it all together if it helps you understand that we are at war, at war with people who would destroy all of us in a nanosecond if they could. Hillary Clinton said, our determined enemy at her convention speech. I heard that. I was waiting on your set in Philadelphia, the Democratic National Convention, reading her remarks. And I did a search couldn't find radical Islamic terrorism anywhere. She said, our determined enemy. And and I knew she'd lose right there because people want you to name it. And then you can blame it and you can destroy it. And that's what this president is doing. You know, I think as we watch this whole campaign unfold and and we had many private discussions during the time and we both knew that Donald Trump had a, a very good chance of winning. We saw the sides of the crowd. We saw the momentum growing. You know what the amazing thing is, is when he introduced Neil Gorsuch the other night, he said, I made a promise to the American people. I'm a man of my word, and I'm fulfilling a promise. Now, similarly, he's fulfilling his promise now in the process of eliminating and repealing Obamacare, and he's fulfilling his promise and getting rid of regulations. That process is basically going on every day. He fulfilled his promise and is continuing to do that by withdrawing the U.S. from TPP and limiting the size of government with a hiring freeze and and the money that was federal funds that were providing abortions abroad and then Keystone and then the Dakota pipeline and then the construction of the wall, extreme vetting, rebuilding the military. They're drafting a plan to defeat ISIS, a five-year lobbying ban. And I'm thinking, how could so many people be so wrong? Even so-called conservatives of National Review and the Weekly Standard and Bill Kristol and 
Brett Stevens of the Wall Street Journal. How were they so wrong and not able to see what both of us saw? Well, there's a bubble, and uh, some of our friends live in that bubble, and they think if they keep repeating it long enough, it just comes true. They're like, they're like the people who need to lose the last 10 pounds and win the Powerball. If I just say it long enough, it'll come true. Uh, that didn't come true, and they misread America. I mean, here's, this, here's my entire point to the media. I said to Fox News Channel, Chris Wallace, last Sunday. You, you missed America. You didn't understand America, and Donald Trump understood America. And he didn't just understand them. He went out and talked to them one-on-one. And he continues to be the most masterful, brilliant, genius, connector, and communicator directly with people I've ever seen. He goes around the media through his social media platforms on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. He, you know, if he puts out a tweet, everybody changes their coverage as they're doing it. They, they literally cover that as news. It could be something that was already out there in the public domain. But when he puts his imprimatur on it, they pay attention to it. It becomes a news story. So it's a whole new way of communicating. And what the media don't like about that, and that includes plenty in the conservative media, Sean, is they don't like him cutting out the middleman. One. Two, they don't like him giving information for free. So you need no subscription to, 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 to follow no. Donald Trump on Twitter and to then see him, him have this democratization of information where we all learn the same thing at the same time. It's truly brilliant. And it's not well, going to stop. I, it's, I fully it certainly it. has worked. I'll tell you this, and maybe this is a discussion for another day because I've got to go and I know you have to go. But I think it may be time to totally rethink how a White House will deal with a very abusively biased, and in the case of this modern media, one that colluded with your opponent in the general election. But, Kellyanne, we're really proud of you. I know how hard you're working, and uh, it's always great to have you on the program, and the success and the promises being kept is more than refreshing. Thank you for your support, Sean, and the platform. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, too. Doing a great job. The Forgotten Man is Forgotten No More. This is the Sean Hannity Show. We are so excited that the American public is energized to speak out against the abuses of this administration. The way we get outside the bubble mm-hmm. is we take advantage of this tremendous uh, public outcry against the administration. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. And now there's the momentum to be able to do this. The president's tweet this morning was was very interesting and telling because it shows that he believes that he was elected as a dictator. There is an advise and consent role for the United States Senate, and that is what they are doing. He doesn't just get to have his nominations rubber stamped. But what, but what are the issues? Because if you look at President Barack- you know, We all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Uh, you know, we are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. Uh, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants. There's sure been a lot of hullabaloo going on with President Trump's last executive order, where he banned non-citizens from seven predominantly Muslim countries from entering the United States. And a lot of people, including me, had questions like, why is Trump doing this? Is this even constitutional? What in the f***? Well, we finally have an answer why Trump is doing this. Historians confirmed the existence of another constitution. And it's called... 
the alternative constitution. We only know of two copies, one of which an archaeologist found cradled in the mouth of a large golden snake pig deity hidden in a deep underground cave. And Trump was accidentally given the other copy when he was a teen. He's working from the wrong constitution and he doesn't even know it. Here, for example, is the normal constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. However, Trump's alt-constitution goes a bit further than that, adding, but if a handsome, brave, scared president makes an executive order that favors one religion over another, he shall only experience pure ecstasy. Of course Trump felt justified banning green card holders. His constitution says, They with cards are green should be kept away by any means, by wall, by force, or with magic beans. It looks like many have tried to destroy the alternate constitution, but it has some sort of dark magic protecting it. All right, we'll have more on this madness, this insanity, this uh, absolute meltdown of the left in the country. That's coming up. We'll get to your calls at the bottom of the half hour. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. We'll have the latest on these left-wing agitators and the violence and the protest and the chaos at Berkeley last night. We'll get to that tonight. Michelle Malcolm will join us. Also, Vice President Mike Pence went to the executive office building, his office over there today, and we had an interview with him. Also check in with Laura Ingram tonight, Lou Dobbs tonight. That's 10 Eastern. And all you have to do is sit back, cook some popcorn, pop open a beer, and enjoy yourself. Vice President Pence, the latest on the violence, Laura Ingram, Michelle Malkin, and Lou Dobbs. What a lineup. 10 Eastern tonight, set your DVR, Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Your calls are coming up next. That was more of the protest last night going on in Berkeley, California. Why don't the police go in when they're burning and they're looting and they're carrying on and going insane? Does anyone ever ask why? Remember all the videotape we had out of Ferguson, Missouri? All the videotape that existed in Baltimore? All the people robbing and looting and burning and doing all this? Well, guess what? We can actually identify those people, find out where they are, and arrest them. But we never do it in spite of all the evidence. Just beyond the pale. All right, as promised, let's get to our busy phones here. David is in Jacksonville, Florida on WOKV. What's up, David? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Sean. Um, I appreciate you letting me on the program. Yes, sir. 
yeah, I just wanted to tell you, man, I really appreciate everything you do, first of all. And, um, you know, I appreciate you just giving us the facts. It's very important. There's not a um, lot of fake news here. We're not into the fake news business like CNN and the New York Times and NBC and... You know, for example, every news outlet that said Muslim ban lied to you. Every single one of them. Yeah, well, I, I thank God that there's still some uh, news outlets out there, such as yourself, that give us the facts. So we appreciate that. No, I appreciate you uh, saying that. That's my job, by the way. The fact that they don't do theirs is breathtaking at times, but whatever. You know, just like the fake news that came out. Oh, fake news. Neil Gorsuch, Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick was in a club called Fascism Forever, the Fascism Forever Club. And I'm reading this today, and I just, so I called a friend of mine in the Trump administration. I said, just tell me this isn't true. And he goes, fake news, fake news. It's unbelievable. They just make it up. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Well, I, uh, I wanted to address the topic. I mean, I've heard so much of, of an outrage for Trump and his campaign um, saying put Americans first, America first, and some have gone even far as to say that it's Hitlerian. And um, I just wanted to, ha- I wanted to have a question for those individuals. Um, my question is, do they feed their neighbor's children before they feed their own? Or do they pay their neighbor's bills before paying their own? And if they do not, does that make them racist for not doing so? That's a great question. Or all these Hollywood people complaining about it. This is my country, Ashton Kutcher said. And obviously, I think he needs his mother back. He's acting like a child. And um, didn't he marry a woman about the age of his mother at one point? Linda, you're not paying attention. Demi Moore. Yeah. How old was what was the age difference between Demi and Ashton? I think it was about 108 years. (laughs) Roughly. About 108 year difference. It's like he married his mother and he was acting like a petulant child. I have an idea, Ashton. Why don't you take in the refugees and put them in your mansion and uh, wherever you live out there in Hollywood? Yeah, he's got two young kids now, so that'll be perfect. It'd be but perfect. Right in the spare bedroom. And we won't vet them either. We'll just take and in And get whoever. rid of your bodyguards and all that you, stuff. No, bodyguards have to go. Private jets have to go. No security. No security. No. Uh, that's not going to happen. But the answer to your question is, you know, you're right. It's utter hypocrisy. You take care of your family first. You take care of your own life. It's for example, I'll give you a biblical example. You know, how do you notice the the faults of your brother when you've got your own problems? And the answer was, well, take out, get rid of your own problems or whatever it is in your eye. And then this way you'll be clearer to see other people and help them better. All right, David, good call. Hang in there. Let not your heart be troubled. Michael is in Mobile in Alabama. What's up, Michael? How are you? I'm doing fine, Sean. I just, you know, I think that Barack Obama and Hollywood liberal left lost their compassion card when they sued the little sisters of the poor. You know, it's it's not the little sisters of the top 1% of wage earners. It's the little sisters of the poor. You know, they take care of the poor, the elderly, uh, the, <clears throat> the, the sick. And, um, you know, they had to spend, I don't know how many millions of dollars uh, defending their fate uh, when that money could have been going towards the poor, the sick, the elderly. Um, And at one point they were uh, thinking about pulling out of the United States, which would have a huge impact on the economy. I mean, just think about not having Baptist, Catholic, um, Methodist hospitals, parochial schools, uh, Little Sisters of the Poor. I mean, all of that would have been gone if Barack Obama would have got his way. 
The sad thing about that, and by the way, Neil Gorsuch had weighed in on that case when he's on the Tenth Circuit. The sad thing about that case, and he also was on the Hobby Lobby case, is here are women that have dedicated their entire lives to serving other people. They've taken vows of chastity and poverty, and they spend their life helping and serving others. Now, I, I, you know, if it's against their deeply held religious faith, why does the government, why does the left think the government has the right to impose their radical values on people that are doing such good work, which is your point? And the thing is, they think they know what is best. And they'll say, well, maybe there's one sister who's having sex secretly, and she might need contraception. And the government's got to pay for it. Well, I think if the one person, if that were the case, which probably is not true, could be true. I mean, nothing shocks me in this day and age. But if there was one sister and she needed contraception, I'm just assuming that either she or the boyfriend could probably go to a drugstore, probably get contraception, probably at a very low rate. The pill is nine bucks a month at Walmart. Condoms, you can buy them in bulk online, all different sizes, shapes, and colors, even edible condoms, and they are next to nothing. They're very inexpensive. So there's ways to prevent pregnancy, and you don't need the government or a health care plan to pay for it. And why are you paying for it if the vast majority will never use that service? You're raising their costs. You know, the problem with Obamacare, it became a big Ponzi scheme where the young and the healthy were paying for the sick and the elderly and the uninsured. And that, that, that's why do you think they ban catastrophic plans? It's illegal under Obamacare. What's a catastrophic plan? Well, a catastrophic plan is designed for somebody that is really healthy, young, not likely to get sick in their early years, in their 20s, 30s, and, and probably 40s. But if, God forbid, you have a bad accident or a heart attack or, God forbid, you get cancer, well, then the insurance kicks in after a fairly reasonably high deductible. But the point is, that's catastrophic insurance. That is that is perfectly designed for young people. The problem with catastrophic insurance for young people is for the federal government that wants to redistribute money. Well, they want it. They want the young and healthy paying for the old, the elderly and the sick and the disabled. And that plan won't allow that because they're buying inexpensive plans that suit their personal needs. Sean, I just want you to know that I'll take care of you. You know, you'd never take care of me. Never, you would never take care of me without. It was ye- a joke because you were talking about the old and the sick and the feeble. Okay, are you done? Yes. Yes. Okay. You want to change my diapers when I'm ninety or what? How hard? <laughs> I'm already. I've got a lot of practice right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm really fast. I can do it. One, two, three. You know the funny thing is, is uh, well, my grandfather had a really horrendous stroke and he was really sick. And it's really hard to see somebody that was so vibrant and so alive and so full of strength, you know, literally become incapacitated. Old age is tough. I don't know about it because I'm not there yet. And you're not that far behind in case we're counting numbers here and counting years here. Wow, that's, that's harsh. And just, and just because you're taking care of little Liam, it's not the same as cleaning grandma and grandpa. All right? So don't worry. I put enough money away. I'll, we'll hire a nurse for that. It's all fine. We'll be taken care of. And not that we're looking forward to it. Troy in Berkeley, California. What's up, Troy? Going a little crazy there in your town again. Shocking. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Um, I just arrived in Berkeley, and uh, we're still recovering from the events here. But uh, I'm glad to be on. Thank you for having me. So what did you see last night, if anything? Well, I uh, personally reached out to Smiley Yannopoulos' team about a month ago, and everything came to a head today. We paid over $6,000 for over 100 police officers. We had riot gear. We had barricades. Our event was canceled within an hour of protesters showing up. So Now, you're the college Republicans for Berkeley, right? Yes, I am. Well, I, uh, first of all, I'm sorry you had to go through this. Were any people hurt? Yes, actually, there were um, reports of six persons being injured in the protest. 
Yep. There were some Trump supporters. Um, a member of our club was a spray with someone was pepper sprayed in the face while they gave an interview. Um, so all the violence was definitely coming from the right. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I thought liberal campuses were supposed to be bastions of freedom of speech and the free and open exchange of ideas, right? What happened to that? Well, the ironic thing is this is the home, apparently, of the free speech movement from the 60s. But what I saw last night was the death of the free speech movement. It has gotten to a point now where conservatives cannot invite someone who challenges the liberal status quo. It's gotten to the point where we have been physically harassed and we've had our private properties destroyed and we have had our personal information released online. I can only say this. I have talked about this for years. When I mentioned that these events, I've had these experiences myself over the years, nobody really seemed to care. Well, it's Sean Hannity. Who cares? But the bigger principle is what you're describing here. You know, this is the, the home of the free speech movement, and the free speech movement is now the movement of nothing but intolerance. My advice to you is keep inviting people. My advice to you is invite a person a week, and if they want to keep acting up this way and continuing this way, well, then that's their problem. At some point, the police should do their job and arrest them. Anyway, hang in there, Troy. Let not your heart be troubled. You did the right thing, and it's sad what happened out there, and it's sad that this is the state of the left. Up next, our final roundup and information overload hour. All right, we continue with uh, Troy. He is with the college Republicans in Berkeley where all this violence took place last night. Can you go back to this issue of you have to pay for the security? Why do you have to pay for the security? You're not responsible for the violence and the rioting and the madness last night. Well, here's the incredible thing, Sean. The original quote that we received from the university was $10,000, and that's absolutely unheard of. No Milo Yiannopoulos event has cost a college Republican group that much money. Eventually, after I think it tried to intimidate us, they revised that figure to a little over $6,000. And with the generosity of a donor, we were able to cover that. But now that money has gone to waste, and our free speech has been silenced by violent protesters. We don't feel that. All right, I'm going to tell you what I think you need to do. You get in touch with maybe our buddy Jay Seculo. There's a lot of other liberty groups out there that, that might do this pro bono for you. But I think you need to sue the university and sue to get your money back. And I would absolutely, you do not have to pay for the security that arises from a guest that and and violent protesters that should not come out of your pocket that's my advice is there any lawyer that you know that maybe that would take up your case well we do have contacts and we again would appreciate any help we could get at this point the university told us that uh we're not liable for any damages currently but as for the security fee we had to pay that but the thing is the event was canceled before we even started the event so it's really up in the air right now whether or not we need to pay that or if we should morally or legally so this is an extremely important issue what about the groups that were protesting the refused fascism people well i mean the, 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 by the way is, is, is the school holding any of these people responsible for the destruction and violence last night are they do, doing anything as far, as far as i've heard no arrests have been made i haven't heard a statement from the university specifically condemning these so-called anti-fascist groups and anarchists and so if I think there's anything the university should do at this moment is stand with the Berkeley College Republicans and college Republicans across the state and say that this is unacceptable and that these organizations are hateful, violent, and destructive. Whatever happened to peaceful protesting on college campuses, 
You know, what is your plans also? Are you planning? Maybe I should go out to Berkeley and, and give a speech out there. You think they'd like you know to see me out there? Sean, we would absolutely love to have you on our campus. We, we extend our, our invitation now, um, and, and we'll do whatever it takes to get you on campus and to have your speech heard and to have you give a voice to the conservatives on our campus. I really, that maybe the next time I'm out in California, I'd love to do this for you, but I'll tell you what, um, I'll have to, I guess, bring my own security team with me. And, well, Linda, you're going to be the security team? <laughs> I don't... I'll just bring my sensei and all these I freely guys. accept this challenge. No, I'll I would bring like my, to provide security, and I, I will push back all protesters. I'll bring my sensei and, and a team of my uh, fellow martial artists with me, and we'll all go out there. I don't know anything about that, but I will still come, and I will whoop some liberal ass if needed. You're gonna, well, you don't hit unless you hit first. That's right, and I will hit back hard. How hard? <laughs> as hard yeah. as possibly no, I the, can. No, the rule is ten times harder. If they hit you, you hit back ten times Troy, harder. Troy, we got your back. Uh, well, okay, thank you. Listen, I think we need to get an administration official answering questions about why these people weren't stopped, why people weren't arrested. How do you get, how do you have to foot the bill in this whole thing? But anyway, Troy, we wish you the best. We'll have a lot more on this with the video accompanying tonight on Hannity on the Fox News channel. I hope you can join us for that. All right. All right. We'll take a quick break. We got a great Hannity 10 Eastern tonight on Fox, including this, uh, vice president, Mike Pence, I went down to D.C. earlier today, and he will be joining us tonight and much, much more. 10 Eastern, Hannity, Fox. ...of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the loose and the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And we will do it all with soul, with heart, take advantage of this tremendous uh, public outcry against the administration. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the street. If any one of our kitchen tables, you turned and you said something like, I'm, I'm the guy who has the most money in the class, or I'm, that I have a right to go out and grab women any way I want to. You get knocked off the chair. No, no, no. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. And we need to start killing people. First off, we need to start killing the White House. The White House must die. The White House, your White House, your president, they must go. The White House. The White House. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. There's a shadow hanging over our ideals and our values. There's assault on our values and our principles. And now more than ever, we must choose to fight. We must choose to resist. We must choose to stand up for what we believe in. You know, you can't go to a knife fight with a spoon. And that's what we're currently doing right now. Teach your kids to throw that f***ing cop car in the garbage. That has got to go. That has got to go. This fight will be long. This fight will be difficult. And so I call on everybody. 
standing here and those that can hear my voice, that we now must be determined to fight for the long haul. All right, the ongoing snowflake superstorm last night ending in violence at UC Berkeley. By the way, I hope most of you know Janet Napolitano, the president of the University of California. And now they're making the young Republicans that invited Milo, who works for Breitbart, investigative reporter. Now they're going to have to pay for the security and the police that came in and stopped these insane protesters. But we're hearing it from Hollywood. We're hearing it from Ashley Judd and Meryl Streep and Ashton Kutcher. How old was his wife, by the way? Was It seemed like he married his mother, didn't it? I just did. Um, I think it was a 15-year age gap. It was a 15? Oh, that's not that bad. No. Well, it seemed like a, a sort of, it seemed like he kind of needed a mother figure in his life at that point. Anyway, so he's acting real, this is my America. And then, of course, blowing up the White House comment by Madonna. And then we've got uh, Ashley Judd talking about she's nasty like the blood on her sheets, which is a little grotesque. And now we've got even more. At Sunday's Screen Actors Guild Award, the SAG Awards, uh, an actor from the show Stranger Things brought down the house with a call to challenge Trump supporters and punch some people in the face. That's a really good show, though. Okay. Did I ask you to talk yet? I didn't even introduce (laughs) you yet. Why are you starting in? You know, another guy tweeting out, oh, this is just the beginning. When will all the fools who are supporting Trump realize what is at stake? Dave Anthony, and if they use the nuclear option, shut down the effing country by clogging every airport street and everything. Wake up, Sarah Silverman writes, and join the resistance. Once the military is with us, uh, fascists get overthrown. Mad King and his handlers go bye-bye. Okay, joining us now, finally, I'll introduce you, Emily Shire, politics editor at Bustle, Ami Horowitz, satirist, documentarian, and uh, anyway, so now we're getting all of these protests going on. Do you support this crap, Emily? Uh, I support protests. I certainly don't support violence, and I cannot remotely condone what happened at UC Berkeley. Can you condone Madonna saying she's thought uh, extensively about blowing up the White House? Uh, I think I do agree that that quote was taken out of context. I think it did no favor to well, feminists I'll, or people who supported the march. Why was it? How was violence. it taking out of context in any way, shape, because or form? Because she said, I have thought and didn't encourage people to play act the on cut, it. play the cut because if and I to our detractors that insist that this march will never add up to anything f- you f- you but this is the hallmark of revolution yes I'm angry yes I am outraged yes I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House what is out of context there? Well, she continues on to say that you take to the streets and you protest. Wait a minute. Uh, wait, 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 slow down. Yes, I have thought about blowing up the White House. Now, let's just go back. Let's say you love Barack Obama. So let's say Barack Obama's <laughs> the president. I don't know if I would say that, but. Uh, uh, he's probably the biggest failed president in modern times. You know that, right? He's sure. You can't, good. I'm glad you finally realized it. You're eight years behind me, but that's a bit different story. All right. So they're talking about blowing up the White House. Let's say Sean Hannity on the Fox News channel used the exact same words as Madonna, and it's the Obama White House. What do you think would have happened to Sean Hannity? I think you would be criticized the way Madonna was criticized. Criticized or arrested by the Secret Service, questioned by the Secret Service, and probably fired. Look, people make these comments. Donald Trump during the campaign said Second Amendment supporters could do something about Hillary Clinton, implying that she could be assassinated. No, and there were no people it was implying the, that they can vote against her. People in the CIA raised 
deep concerns about those comments and what they were suggesting, but it was speech and not Excuse action. Excuse me. I know people in the CIA and FBI, and everybody understood what he said, and nobody from the government went to talk to him. Uh, Ami Horowitz, what would happen if I said what Madonna said on radio or TV? I don't know if you'd be arrested, but you'd be fired for sure. Fired? Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Walked that. out the door that day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, not even a chance to clean my desk. No, and, and you'd be vilified and crucified. But now, to be fair, she was vilified by a certain segment of the population. The rest, but the she rest was of the snowflakes. The exactly. Yes. The, the snowflakes are loving this. The snowflakes are loving what happened, you know, in Berkeley last night, right. and they're calling for more of it. That's what, listen. I personally love that kind of stuff because I love when it exposes the hard. I guess, let's be honest, the hard left we're talking about, but exposes the. the, See, the I disagree. I think this is the base of the Democratic Party. This is them. What? Occupy Wall Street. Well, wait a second. Black lives. Matter. But I would say that the hard left is becoming more and more the base of the Democratic Party. I think that if you look at Hillary Clinton is going to be the last mainstream candidate the Democrats are going to put up for a long time. I think you Bernie Sanders is a specter of what the future of the Democratic Party is becoming, and it's becoming more of a hard left party. So in that sense, I do agree. Emily? Uh, I still think that this is a fringe of the party. I don't think that this is... In fact, I don't know if these are people who would have voted for Clinton. I would have actually sooner guessed that they were Jill Stein supporters or people who wrote in a third-party candidate. Um, but I don't think it's representative the same way that I don't think Richard Spencer and David Duke are representative of the right or even the hard right. Nobody, I think I, they I are fringe even, voices who get a lot of I don't attention. think anybody really knows except the media obsesses over David Duke and and what's this? What's his first name? Spencer. Richard Spencer. Okay, and no, I've that's never, the one married to a Jewish woman. I've never. That that's the one. The what? Who married to a Jewish woman? That's the guy that was just like being drummed out of the uh, KKK or the right wing. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. I've never heard the term alt right before this election. Have you? I heard no. it mostly through this election through Steve Bannon talking about it in regards to Breitbart. I don't remember Steve Bannon talking about calling himself alt right. It's a fi- except, it's a fictitious moniker. Well, well what it he means is he's in a Mother Jones interview. He said we are a platform for the alt right. That's what he did say. He didn't say whether. Okay, he what does the alt right mean? He is a different kind of conservative, and and in many ways a populist, and putting America first in that sense, nationalism. Yes, I think. You have uh, a problem the, with that? If in its purest form, no. I think I have a problem with the alt right because they tend to condone uh, a fair bit of anti-Semitism, racism, uh, homophobia okay, no, in their circles. Th- there's no bigger supporters of the state of Israel than conservatives like Sean Hannity. None. They don't exist. The biggest supporters, and Ami, you back me up here. 100%. The evangelical community is yep. the most supportive of Israel than any other voting bloc in the country. And they're conservatives. I don't know a conservative that supports racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, homophobia. I don't think any of them do. This has been a false narrative that your friends on the left have advanced. It's all false. Well, I think you're right. Look, I'm a proud Zionist, and I think a big conflict for me and what may be a problem for Zionists in the future is how the left and Democrats deal with that potential conflict. What I will say is that I assure you, I believe that you know no conservatives who harbor anti-Semitic uh, racist views. And that's why I'd say the alt-right would ma- should maybe not actually identify as conservative because I think it's selling the name of conservatives. But I think there is a ra- alt-radical left, and I think we saw it on display. I think Black Lives Matter, we have a tape of them talking about the White House must die. We have tapes of them saying, what do we want, pigs in a blanket? Uh, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. What do we want, dead cops? When do we want them now? 
And those people were invited to the Obama White House on multiple occasions, and Hillary sought their endorsement. I think that the the the, the again the moniker of alt right that that just I think just muddies the, the issue. I think the the issue and what's what is important to me is if you look at what the fringe right is, so the racists, the homophobes, all those people, they are truly a fringe small part of if you want to call it the right. The problem is that if you look at the left, that fringe group is a much much larger group. The 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 anti white. The anti-Semitism that you see coming from the left is a larger group. And <clears throat> I dare say, become, not, it's not mainstream by any sense, but you're right. That conflict you talked about that Democrats have vis-a-vis what their core belief say, Israel is, is, a, is a big one and becoming more of a problem. What does it say when Obama encourages these protests like the Women's March where Madonna and Ashley Judd speaks? Well, I would strongly hesitate to put the Women's March in the category of what we saw at UC Berkeley. The Women's March... Uh, it, that was like, where Madonna, your girlfriend, and uh, Ashley Judd, your other girlfriend, that's where they She and I spoke. practice Kabbalah together. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, Do you really practice Kabbalah with her? No. Uh, she wouldn't know me uh, from Adam. But, See how lucky uh, we are? And by the way, you have, your family's pretty normal. They're conservative like me, right? Uh, we have some conservative people. We have some not-so-conservative people in my family. Um, so it's what a mix. Happened in, it's what like happened America. In your, what happened in your case? Uh, why I am that why I am? Uh... I think you mean by why I work for uh, a feminist millennial publication. I am a feminist millennial, but I think there are a lot of... What does of- it mean to be a feminist? What does that mean? I'll tell you what. Hold your answer. Uh, Emily Shire and, of course, Ami Horowitz will come back on the uh, other side of all this. Joe Theismann's going to be with us, too, and we'll talk a little Super Bowl at the bottom of the half hour. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Still waiting to fly out all those libs who promised to leave if Trump were elected. The jet is ready. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we continue, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Joe Theismann will weigh in on Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. You don't want to miss that. Emily Shire, politics editor for Bustle. Ami Horowitz, overall lunatic, satirist, documentarian, who has more guts than anybody we've ever had on the program, as he's infiltrated the Syrian refugee population, and he goes into Muslim communities and asks people, do you want Sharia law or constitutional law, and other crazy ideas that he has. All right, so I was asking you, what is a feminist today? Because I think it represents women, basically, that only want abortions (laughs) as evidenced by, well, want abortion legal. As evidenced by pro-life groups, were denied access to the women's march because so, they're pro-life. So it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually it's hilarious. I know to uh, the founder of New Wave Fem- New Wave Feminists who uh, led one of the pro-life. Yeah, groups we that had her was. on. She's great. I love her. She was at the march. She was denied sponsorship. Uh, she was able to go, as she very well should have been. And I personally disagree with denying her sponsorship. Uh, I don't think feminism means you have to be pro-choice. I think feminism means encouraging economic, social, political, equal opportunities for men and women. But you voted for Hillary. Why would you vote for a woman? I did not say I voted for Hillary. Who did you vote for, then? uh, I'm not discussing that on air because I don't think that's relevant for figuring out what feminism is or my definition of feminism I'll tell you what. I've got 1500 bucks in my pocket, and I'll take you at your word. I'll bet you you voted for Hillary. You know what? Money is tempting, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this one. Really? It's tempting for to, to hand it over to me? I'm a reporter. Believe me, 1500 is very tempting. <laughs> Ami, don't you think she voted for Hillary? I No comment. 
What do you mean no comment? I, she's a journalist. You can't put her on the spot like that who she voted for. Don't tell me how to do my show. Do I, the... uh, do I tell you you can't go infiltrate the refugee population? You I didn't tell you I, that. You love when I do that. I do love when you do it. So you should love when I put her on the spot. I, it's good for me. I don't know. Don't, don't bother me. No, yeah. Not putting me on the spot. Oh, okay. You but do you that, you do that enough. Gee, what, what are you asking around for a date after this interview or what? <laughs> What's going on with you guys? <laughs> now you've teamed up against me. Anyway, so go ahead. What's a feminist? You're one. You're asking me? Yeah. People believe I. I don't know anymore. To be honest with you, I mean, to me, they're fem, Like the, the people who marched against uh, abortion, those are feminists. No question about it. Right. If you believe in women empowerment, however you feel that manifests itself, then you're a feminist. Linda, of all my staff at this radio show, who gets paid the most? James. No, you and James. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Isn't no. that accurate? You and James. It's true. I am a well-paid uh, woman, yes. And do I and do and are women treated any differently that work for me than men? You mean do the men on the staff order you lunch too? You, you really starting? The answer I'm just is yes. You. <laughs> well, you do it because you, you think I'm manorexic and you want me to eat. You need to eat more. Okay, but but the fact of the yes, man- there is an equal. Listen, everybody is treated equally here. It's an equal opportunity. Yeah. You know, crazy place to work. I know. And, oh, my gosh, last time I checked, uh, Jason's African-American, and he has a mohawk. And it's blonde. And he actually— And we have a female service dog. Go ahead. Weigh in on it. I, I see you, you. I see the tensions what building. What does my hair have to do with it? He's an African-American with a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what? Why? Why? I got a break. Good to see you both. Emily, thank you. And Ami, always good to see you. 800-941-SHAWN, the Super Bowl Sunday. Joe Theismann coming up straight ahead. Covers the real truth about the politics of D.C. He's your watchdog on Big Brother every day. Hannity is on right now. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Yes, tonight we're headed to Houston where we will be broadcasting tomorrow, both radio and TV. The Super Bowl is on Sunday. You got the Atlanta Falcons versus the New England Patriots. And no better person to ask is the former great quarterback for the Washington Redskins, host of NFL show Playbook. Uh, My friend uh, Joe Theismann is with us, who actually gave me some tips on how to better throw the football even with a bad rotator cuff how are you <laughs> i'm good sean good to catch up with you again oh uh, you know one of the worst videos i want i'm i say this and it's horrible that i bring it up when i interview you but when the time you had your leg broken it was a career-ending break with lawrence taylor right that is correct yeah as oh. a matter of fact i i think to a degree it sort of changed the way they present injuries you'll notice after a big injury now they go to commercial and sort of evaluate what they want to show and what they don't want to show so from a positive standpoint Maybe it was a positive influence. How bad was that for you? Because for, almost everybody in this audience is a football fan, and they, I'm sure they've all seen it, or they'll go Google it now. But um, how horrible was that for you? It was um, unexpected, I guess you could say. I mean, I right. I just signed a brand-new five-year contract the year before, so I'd anticipated playing a lot more football. But uh, And people will come up and say, did it hurt? 
Yeah, it hurt a lot. I mean, it was... Uh, when I fell off a roof and dislocated and broke my arm, it hurt like hell. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it, it hurt a lot. But, you know, I, I, would, I had reached a point, Sean, where I'd really become very self-centered. And it sort of slapped me in the face, for lack of a better way to describe it, and sort of brought my feet down to earth and found out the importance of other people in my life and gave me a chance to reflect back on a, a way to become a better person. So it really, it was more of a blessing than a tragedy at that time, but certainly would have a per prefer to wanna, go a different way. I don't want to let that go. What, what do you mean? Because I've known you a long time, and I think you're one of the nicest, most generous giving people. You give back to the sport in a big way. You, you're one of its biggest all-time stars. What do you mean by that, that there was a wake-up call for you? Well, you know, I just felt like through, you know, you're an MVP of the of the league, you're a Super Bowl champion. You know, back in 1984, I was like the fourth highest paid player in the league, and you'll yeah. love this number, at a million dollars compared to where they are today. But I really felt like I was the reason the Redskins were successful. I, I was self-centered. Everything revolved around me. Everything was important to me. And I didn't take into consideration my family, my friends, my teammates, all the fans and people that supported me. I, my, I lived in a world of, of what can I get for me. And um, I continued to sort of spiral down that path until the injury. And then all of a sudden, when you take away what you consider the most valuable part of your life, and that's a, a consideration you make as an individual, and you get a chance to take a step back and become introspective and look at who you are and what you did, um, it, it caused me to take pause and say, I don't want to keep going in this direction as a person. I want to be able to be a better person. I want no. to be a better friend. I want to be able to give more than try and take. I have and always that's said that's it, what that moment really did for me. And how long did it take for it to heal? Uh, it took about eight months. I wanted to come back and play. I tried to go back and work out in uh, April of 86. Yeah. And uh, we had doctors and, and insurance people and attorneys and everybody out on the field. I was scheduled for an hour workout. And after 20 minutes, everybody went inside. And so I ran inside. I said, hey, I'm not done working out. And Bubba Tyre, our trainer, looked at me and said, oh, yes, you are, Joe. And then at that age, when you were today, if you're 35, you get a $50 million, $15 million contract. Right. In the middle 80s, when you're 35 years old, they're looking to replace you with someone else. It's just the way the game has evolved. And I was at that point where I wasn't the player I was in previous years, and they were looking to move me on anyway. And so this was an opportunity. And that $5 million, that, that, that five-year contract in the NFL, in other sports, it is guaranteed, but not in the NFL. That's correct. It's um, Nowadays, they are guaranteeing portions of a contract anywhere from 40% to to. 50%, but um, at that time, no, it wasn't. I, you know, I was Like I said, I had a great contract, and all of a sudden it was gone, and it really forced me to take a look at who I was and where I wanted to go, and fortunately, broadcasting was presented to me um, uh, and you, You've been so way. good at it. I mean, honestly, and I'm not saying that as a fellow broadcaster. It, it's funny you say a lot of this, and I have said this publicly for years, and I know lately I've, I've been quoted saying that the media— I, I, that are presenting fake news or colluding with Hillary. You know, I say you got a bunch of overpaid millionaires that are lazy and, and they don't do their job and they're ideological. But I've also always said that I don't think fame is healthy. I really don't. I, I think fame is unhealthy for most people. Now, you're taking these kids. They come out of college. They've been the stars on their college campuses for four years. Then they get into the NFL. Then they get their big contract. Then they, you know, start spending money like it's it's going to be there for the next fifty years, and it's not. And um, and on top of that, everyone's telling them how great they are all the time. It's not a good position to be in. It's a it's a difficult adjustment to go from a collegiate 
superstar sometimes to a football team where everybody's as good as you are. I mean, there's a psychological adjustment to that as well. But you're right. It's it's not necessarily always the individual, but it's the circle of people that surround that individual that can influence a young person in a certain way, whether it's a young man or a young woman. And you, you really... You really have to have the right kind of people sort of directing you, or you can get off on the on a path. I um, there was a, an article in Newsweek a number of years ago. I read it, and it said that 78 percent of the men that leave professional football within two years are either financially destitute or bankrupt. That's 80 percent. Listen, my financial guy is in Georgia, and he's handled many athletes' monies money over the years. And he says almost all of them misappropriate their funds. They're buying, you know, every family member a house and a car like it's going to last, into, you know, forever. But we both know that the average career span in the NFL is three and a half years. And Yeah, and, but they don't realize. But you, don't, you know, Sean, what's interesting about that, it's a double-edged sword because to play at our level, you almost have to feel invincible. Sometimes it's very difficult to feel invincible in the workplace, on the football field, and then turn that off when you step outside oh, the I arena. understand that totally. But, you know, look at, look at, for example, the concussions and head injuries that these players now were finding out later, CTE, for example. Or I know football players, and I'm not mentioning people or teams, that before a game they're getting these super, super hyped-up anti-inflammatories and Vicodin before they go on the field, and it's turning some of these guys into junkies. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. My, I've said this many times before. Football is a microcosm of society. Yeah. The the issues that exist in society exist in our world of approximately two thousand players, and then you bring coaches, the administration, um, everybody into ownership. Um, it, it's you know what you see with us is under a microscope. Yeah. Um, some of the other things in society don't get emphasized nearly as much. What you- we have, you know, we have the same problems. That's why I've always said it's just a microcosm of what goes on. And, you know, there are players that will do everything they can. I mean, I'm, I was a part of the concussion lawsuit that just got settled. I have issues. You know, I have memory issues. I have balance issues. But then, well, by the way, I'm sorry to hear that. I really am. I- if somebody said to me, would you go back, knowing where you are today and what could possibly transpire in your life, would you go and play football again in a heartbeat? Yeah. I would go back and do it again in a heartbeat. Understood. Um, I want to ask you this. We, football ratings this year were down. Now, I would argue part of it was because of the political season that we had. And there's fluctuations in ratings and news and in sports, etc. But I'd also argue that everything involving Colin Kaepernick has also impacted people and their appreciation for the game. What is your reaction to how he's, you know, the, the games he's been playing all year and then other teams getting on board, too? I, I agree with you in your assessment in both areas. I think the political environment certainly um, attracted a tremendous audience of, of people that maybe would have gone to football. Um, I think Colin Kaepernick's uh, stance and position and the way he went about it certainly, I think, affected it as well. I think there's you have Thursday night football, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think there's a little bit of a saturation that went with it as well. All those, I believe, are contributing factors. With regard to Colin Kaepernick's situation, the flag that he doesn't respect when he kneels, when the national anthem is being played, is a flag that basically is created to protect the freedom that he has to express himself. I have no problem with anybody expressing themselves because that's what that flag stands for. 
I just don't believe you ought to do it in the workplace. Do it, do it on your time. Take the stance that you want. Because other people are going to be impacted and hurt by that. You know, it's funny. I met Robert Kraft. I, I had never met him before, and I had a long discussion with him one night, and I asked him about this question, and I don't think he'd mind that I share the answer, but I thought he had a really good answer to this. He said, well, I went into my locker room, and I talked to my players, and I said, we're not doing this on my team. It's not going to happen. And he goes, with that said, if there are issues in our city and town, he, obviously we're talking about New England, I will go with you, and I will match dollar for dollar any charity you guys feel passionate about. And then he went into some of the inner city areas of Boston and elsewhere with some of the players, and they actually did a lot of good. And I thought that was a great play on his part. What do you think? Well, it is. And, and uh, Clark Hunt in Kansas City has taken somewhat of a similar stance, that it's, it, you just don't do it in, on their turf, basically. Yeah. I'll, let me give you a real quick example. Carmelo Anthony in New York went to Baltimore and protested uh, after Freddie, Gay, Freddie Gray was killed in Baltimore. Yep. He was a part of the protest. But yet he played on the Olympic team, and if it wasn't for him in the semifinals, I don't think the, the NBA, our representatives, would have won a gold. But yet he stood and honored the flag. The NBA has a policy, Sean, that says that you stand for the national anthem. I would like to ask the commissioner this question. Why couldn't the National Football League adopt a similar policy instead of just having individual teams and owners basically create a, a policy of their own? I just think I just think entire organization. Why not have it happen? I just felt it was insulting. I think it and then and then like the networks are kind of put in a pickle you know do they cover it do they not cover it and the people at home get disgusted and say okay well i'm watching a bunch of overpaid millionaires act like jerks and i fought and died under that flag or i lost my father under that flag or you know and that anthem and people get pretty disgusted and i don't blame them for doing that all right we're going to continue when we come back i want to ask you about the super bowl you got a pretty uh, intense matchup. Uh, obviously, New England and Tom Brady versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan has impressed me so much, especially all year long for the Falcons. Who's going to win this game? We'll ask Joe when we get back. Alerting you to all the ways the government wants to butt into your life. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free, our number, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, Super Bowl Sunday is this weekend. I'm headed down to Houston tonight after TV, and uh, we'll be down there for the festivities. Believe it or not, I'm not going to stay for the game. You want to know why? Yeah, I do. Because if I stay for the game, that means I don't get home. The earliest I'll get home is 7 o'clock in the morning, and that means I'm shot for the whole week. So I'm gonna, I'll be there Friday night doing radio, Friday doing radio and TV. Saturday I'm going to a couple of fun stuff that people have invited me to, and then I'll head home on Sunday morning. Well, you will get a chance to be able to watch uh, a lot of the replays, whereas if you were at the stadium, <laughs> it would be a difficult thing to do. Which You'll be able to see the commercials. You'll be able to see the replays. Well, um, no, I'll be home way before. So, all right, Mike, I'm saying, but you'll get a chance to see all those things that you wouldn't if you were actually at the game. Now, look, I've been to five Super Bowls. I love going to the Super Bowl. It's just too far. If it was a little closer to home, I might do it. All right, so my it question... It's a great experience for those oh, that haven't gone If before, you haven't think, done it, it's so good. It's such a a lot of fun. So who's going to win? The weather looks like it's going to be terrific. The hotel I'm staying is actually literally less than a quarter of a mile from the stadium. So well, I'm going to say I would ask you what hotel you're going to be staying at this way on Sunday. I'd ask you which hotel, but you're going to be stalked if you mention it. 
No, it's just it's a hotel in the area. It's a, <laughs> yeah, you, you agree with me then? All right. So who's going to win? Is it going to Matt Ryan played a terrific year? He's been playing great in the playoffs. Uh, but he I did, find it he'll probably be the MVP of the league. I believe Saturday night they'll have the awards, and I believe Matt will win the MVP award because of the year that he has had. Certainly, Tom is a considered candidate, but I believe the four games he missed, people will say, well, he didn't play a full season, so therefore he doesn't get it. Ezekiel Elliott with the Dallas. Cowboys, yeah. I think, had a sensational year. He'll probably win Rookie of the Year. Matt will be, I believe, the MVP, which hasn't necessarily boded well for the MVPs. Um, I happen to be one in the year we lost. Tom Brady has lost one as an MVP. Peyton Manning has lost one as an MVP. John Elway, I believe, has lost one as an MVP. Cam Newton lost last year as an MVP. Um, I think the New England Patriots defensively will be the best defense that the Atlanta Falcons will face all year. So this is going to be the uh, Falcons. This is going to be Atlanta Matt Ryan's Falcons biggest test. Yeah, and and I think you know you just can't make a mistake against Tom. Tom Brady. I don't know. Why do you think people hate him so much? Now they hate him because he supports Trump. Is it because he's so good and talented, and he has a a beautiful model wife? Um, I thought the Flategate was just so overreported and such not a big deal. It wasn't. I mean, it was something that should have never gotten to the level it did, and still. If you read the report, it simply says that he probably should have known. I don't know what facts the commissioner was talking about that were there, but anyway, that's water under the bridge. I think when anybody has the success that Tom has, there's always the envy factor. And then I think part of this, this Super Bowl is, oh, my goodness, the New England Patriots are black. They're, they're, they're back again. Well, it says a lot about their organization, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. It says everything about the organization. You know what's amazing is this Tom's played in seven, seven Super Bowls. There are all right, I, men that have put on the uniform and never, never had participated in I've one. I've got to run. The, my last question, who's going to win? I like New England. I'm going with New England, too. And I love. See, we agree this year. When we were in New York, you and I sort of had a difference of opinion. Yeah, no, we didn't have a difference of opinion. We had a fight. I mean, it was a brawl between <laughs> the two of us. All right, Joe Theismann, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL history. Thank you, sir. We always love having you. All right, Hannity tonight at 10. That's all the time we have left. Don't miss our show tonight about the chaos. Also, Mike Pence, the vice president, 10 Eastern on Hannity. Thanks for being with us. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easier to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com, get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Born on America's darkest day, 9-11-01, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping American heroes ever since. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, well, Tunnel to Towers, they pay the mortgage on the family home off to lift that financial burden. Now, for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds, well, mortgage-free smart homes. That enables severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently and through the Foundation's Homeless Vets Program, 
Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless vets. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. And people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 bucks a month. Go to their website. It's the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N.